0: Hello, hello. Welcome to The Journey is the Destination.
1: With you, Emma and Christian. Today, continuing the nonviolent communication workshop.
0: Speak from your heart. Part 4. Yes, yeah, so today we have actually a packed experience of quite a few topics. We're going to talk about self-empathy and how to deal with anger. And also we're going to talk about how to mediate between people and also how to say thank you in nonviolent communication.
1: Yep, that's right. We got no time to waste.
0: Let's get going!
1: Alright, to begin, we're gonna refresh our knowledge from the last workshops. If you've missed them, the links are below also they're very close to this one in your feed so for beginning we're just gonna touch upon a little refresher wha- what are we are talking about so it's a little technique comprised of observation which should be the most objective possible At- attached to it our feelings and needs that those feelings are coming from so Focusing on the needs that are not being met, that's the reason we're not wonderful, and at the end, posing a request. Mm-hmm.
0: Our main goal in using nonviolent communication is to get a beautiful human connection and to focus on the needs that are behind anything that we are saying or hearing. The idea is that to solve any problem in a way that we want. To bring people satisfaction and for everyone to have their needs met we will have to create a beautiful human connection between ourselves or between whoever is involved the most important thing here is to not judge people is to try to see them as a human beings who has their own needs and their own feelings like we do and maybe they're different from us maybe we have felt the same at at one point of our life so we can connect to them uh, connect with them more easily but it's always just that, it's always just some needs that are not met or some feelings that we're all usually familiar with. So in that way, it's actually pretty easy to connect with someone in front of us.
1: Mm. And it's amazing, this uh, concept of recognizing that what people are saying, what people are doing is, has nothing to do with us. And if we allow to hear what their hearts are saying, not to just hear what they are thinking. It gives, we give ourselves a beautiful gift of seeing people not as monsters, but actually as people, as life itself being manifested through something Mm -hmm. or someone. And also protects us from putting judgment ears on. So if we are able to hear what people are actually saying, so for example with something that we would perceive as violent maybe, we can hear the need behind. We're saving ourselves time and energy to be put into oh, this person is such, this person is such, so labeling them and criticizing or judging, even even just internally, even if we don't say it out loud. And that's the thing, if we come to the relationship that we are trying to to nourish or just this connection with someone that we're trying to create and we're not succeeding, sometimes we have to check our intention. So are we really doing this from the intention of connecting with this person or are we trying to make them do something, or are we doing this just to, I don't know, get back at them or just mm. to do justice in the world and stuff like this.
0: Yeah, that's a very good point. As well, it is also useful when we're talking with someone to ask the listener, person who's listening to us or if we're the listener, to paraphrase what they heard us saying. Because, believe it or not, many times people actually don't hear what we say. They hear it, but they translate it immediately into something else, actually. So when you ask someone, what did it, can you please repeat mm. to me? what did I just say? A lot of times you will get answers that will surprise you completely. So this is a very great tool because it helps us to save time. It helps us to realize if the person heard us completely or not or we have to try and express ourselves again. So if it turns out that they didn't hear us the way we would wish to be heard, we can just say, okay. So I I, I can see now that I didn't make myself clear enough. So I'll just try and explain it again.
1: So imagine you have a situation where the person has been talking, you've led them through their feelings and needs, they kind of wind down, and then at the end it's your turn to speak, and you're just trying to check if they were now, that you perceive that they are able to hear you, actually heard you. So you pose a question like, could you repeat what I just said? And if they say anything that involves you, so yes, you're saying that, or you are thinking, or you're implying that I should change, or that you are, or I am something, then they haven't heard you. But if they say yes, you have a need for this and you were feeling this and you are asking me to do this or to help you in this way, then yes, they've heard you. So it's pretty clear when when you get this reassurance that they've heard you or just some extra instruction to repeat yourself in a way that maybe they will be able to hear you even more. And the thing is, here we come to the point of this story of this episode, which is using an empathic approach in everything that we do. So we're trying to, for the other person to express themselves, so we are basically holding out a hand to the other person and just saying, look, go through your stuff, I'm here for you. Especially if if we're not involved in the conflict, it's even easier. Otherwise, we're gonna have to distance ourselves enough, give ourselves empathy and then approach back in the conversation, and that's exactly what we're talking about. So how do we go about when empathy needs to be had or got Mm. (laughs) from the people involved?
0: Yes, as usually when there is some conflict or some painful situation, we're also in a very emotional state. So sometimes it's very hard for us to connect empathically with the other person because we have so many things going on inside us. We have so many feelings, so many needs that are not met, and we really don't want even give a space to the other person to express or connect with them, because we are suffering. So it's really important also to know how to give yourself empathy, how to stop in a moment, breathe in, breathe out, and check what's alive in you, what's going on in you. And whatever's going on, you can always give yourself empathy, check your own needs, check your own feelings, and just accept yourself yourself the way you are.
1: Yeah, sometimes this also includes just distancing yourself from the conflict. So wh- whatever comes up, you say, look, I need a couple of minutes. You take your time and then you come back with a more clear head or whatever it might be. But how do you do it? So basically you listen to the show that's going on in your head. So because we're not robots or we're not enlightened yet, there's always this voice inside our head that's... That's speaking before we are thinking, kind of. So we see someone behaving in a certain way. We say, oh, they shouldn't be doing this. This is wrong or any form of judgment or criticism, even if it's towards ourselves. So now we can even do this if there is no conflict other than one inside of us. So something happened and then we need to work with ourselves. So how do we do it? We look at what we are saying. So we're saying we should, we must, um, we are feeling so this, this. they're deserving so this and that. But we guide ourselves, so we say, okay, let's stop, let's um, see what's happening and we are, as we were doing so far all the time, just going through the needs and feelings, needs and feelings. What's happening? What are my feelings, values, needs in this moment that are being expressed or not being met? Mm -hmm. And then working from there.
0: That's very important stuff. Because if we go into resolving conflict without us feeling okay, without... Uh, giving empathy to ourselves first, we actually are not able to give another person empathy as well because if we're not compassionate with ourselves, first we cannot give compassion. So only what we give to ourselves will we, will we be able to share with other people as well.
1: We invite you to not judge yourself for any of these thoughts because they are nothing else but yourself tell, your inner voice telling you that needs are not being met. And it's alright to think that way. It's just our opportunity to recognize that what is happening is just a signal. It's just a marker. Okay, something needs to be done. And it's a beautiful way to recognize it. So it's important to stay empathical and compassionate to every, every part of ourselves. So the one part that took the action and the one that is reflecting upon it. So your current state and your past state. Nothing is wrong. Nothing is shameful or you're not guilty. All the, all the words like this are just telling you that there is something going on inside yourself, some showing, some showing of the need that is not being met. Mm-hmm. But the words that we're using sometimes make us confuse our actual state and how we're perceiving the world around us.
0: For me, one of the most powerful things about speaking non-violently to yourself is actually the idea of What motivates you? So, if the way we evaluate ourselves leads us to feel shame and consequently we change our behavior, we're actually allowing our growing to be happening from self-hatred, not from self-love. And non-violent communications wish, wish to inspire us to see what's alive in us and to grow because we want to give to life. We want to love. We want to enjoy. And not because we are ashamed, not because we are scared. So to actually Recognize your thoughts when you see that you're shaming yourself, criticizing yourself, giving yourself not a, such a nice treatment. Some hard times. And then recognize the needs and the feelings behind it and change it to a beautiful, beautiful way of non violent communication. So you can actually allow yourself to grow from this space, to grow from love and for love.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and also once you're able to see your needs... You can enter in the conversation with yourself, so you can adjust your actions and you can enter into the conversations with others with this knowledge of what you're actually after. So Mm. if there's no clear thought or just peace inside you, if you are distracted by your judgments of whoever it is, be it you or the others you have no capacity to connect and this is all we're trying to do in nonviolent communication is trying to make a connection with human beings on this heart level speaking through life not through our thoughts and um, cultural impositions in our brains so it's a beautiful gift that you're giving yourself it's, it's basically finding peace inside yourself and it's a gift that you're giving to others with this openness or just readiness you prepare yourself to make a connection
0: yeah you mentioned this idea to feel peace in ourselves to create this peace and connection and one of the most important tools to do that is to realize that we always have a choice so in the light of these realization, we should not shoot ourselves <laughs> uh, good, one, good one good one no yeah it's Actually, we're giving here the invitation to you to stop shooting yourself, to stop saying to yourself, I have to do this or I should do this, because actually you always have a choice. We all always have a choice. And maybe we don't like our choices, but we do have a choice. And it's important to realize that. It's important to realize that you're doing something because you choose to do it, because you want to.
1: Otherwise, you can change it. And so we come to the part of the workshop where we get a bit more practical. So we're gonna be looking at how to see anger. Maybe just to freshen up our view about anger, which is usually just an expression of our inner tension that is a lot of times super destructive, I wanna call it, because it it destroys the human relationships, the human connections, sometimes destroys physically, and overall is not contributing to life on this planet it's not contributing to joy in our hearts
0: on the other hand anger is a beautiful wake-up call it is a call to actually realize that some need of ours is not satisfied and it's an invitation to check deeper with ourselves what's going on and what we actually need and with this we can create more beautiful work because we are able to sit down breathe in breathe out check what's alive in us realize it Deeply and then remove the violence from ourselves.
1: Yeah, so first we have to realize that anger is just an emotion that got caught in our brain So we started thinking a lot about what is happening and when this happens um, A bit paradoxically some would call it We get confused. So as soon as we start to think with our Predispositions our beliefs our cultural beliefs as well. We start putting labels we start seeing another person's behavior as being something, or we see something that is just a trigger as the cause of our emotion, and then we get even more confused. This happens a lot of times, but with anger, it's just so much more Mm -hmm. expressed, so much more profound. So what I'm trying to say is, anger is mainly propagated by the brain, it's just how we label the things, and from this judging comes the violence if we take away the judgment if we can actually see through our thinking or through our words and realize that what we're saying is actually just unneeded that is trying to be satisfied we take uh, away any intention to hurt
0: yeah this is very important part we're actually never angry because what somebody has done or what somebody has said we're just angry and some the thing that happened Outside was just a stimulus, not the cause. And this is what we usually mix, as you mentioned, Christian. Even though anger is the most violent emotion we know, violence actually comes from the belief that other people caused our pain and therefore they deserve punishment. But as mentioned before, this is not the true story. This is not reality.
1: Yeah, so it's really nice when we learn to listen to other people's heart, instead of getting caught up in their thinking. And Marshall here has a beautiful quote of (laughs) what he learned. I'm paraphrasing, but he says, I started to enjoy human beings much more after I learned to hear what their hearts are saying, instead of hearing what they're thinking. And that's exactly it. To basically tell the whole story short is this. Stop listening to other people's thoughts and start exploring your own reaction to things, your own inner state. And actually here we're gonna offer you five steps of how to call it deal with anger or what what it actually offers us. It's a beautiful way of honoring anger inside of us, accepting it and actually fulfilling its purpose, which is fulfilling a need that the anger is reminding us is not being met.
0: Mm. And I would also like to mention that it is okay to feel anger. It's very human and it's nothing wrong with us if we feel anger. We have to feel it. It's part of life. It's part of us. And what I would also like to mention is that anger is a very valuable and important emotion and we should never be ashamed of feeling this beautiful emotion. It's part of life. It's part of us. And we all have to feel it. We have to allow ourselves to feel it. Okay. And as Christian mentioned five steps before... I'll walk you right now through these five steps so we can check together how to actually deal with anger. So the first thing is to realize that you're getting angry or that you're angry already. And in that moment you stop and you take a breath. <sighs> After that, you just take some time for yourself, maybe a few seconds, maybe a minute, maybe 10 minutes, maybe an hour, to identify the thoughts that are going on in your head. So to check, take up, What is your mind thinking of? What are you making up? All the judging thoughts or the criticizing thoughts, all the ideas, just to observe them. And after that, you identify and check what is the need that's hidden behind these thoughts. What is it that you actually need in this moment? And after this step, yeah, you can express your feelings and your needs, but most of the times it is also required to give some empathy to the person we're talking to, because usually the person we're talking to is also in pain. So if you see that the person you're talking to is in pain, here you can give her some empathy and connect with her or him on a heart level. And after that, express your feelings and needs. Yeah, and that's it. That's it. And what Marshall also says is in the moment when you realize, when you identify your real need, you will stop being angry. And you will, you will still feel emotions. You can feel very, very intense emotions. But if you identify your need correctly, it will never be anger. It will be maybe irritation, annoyment, pain, sadness, whatever. But anger will be gone. Because when you're angry, you're not connected to, your, to the life. But in the moment where you connect to your needs, you connect to your life. And the anger is gone. And it's nothing wrong, again, if you feel strong emotions. It's just part of life.
1: Now after these deep concepts that again we're just scratching the surface of everything. So take all of this that we're saying as a short presentation, short introduction into the whole world of beautiful beautiful communication and yeah hopefully it sets you off on a journey of, of your own because absolutely what we're saying is not enough. It takes hours and hours and hours to go mm. one step deep but there's many many steps to be taken. Okay, so before we finish up, we have uh, some quick, quick tips. So for example, if you find yourself in the middle of a discussion, debate, or if you're called into a conflict and you decide to step up to the challenge of mediating it, it's nothing out of your reach. We're unable to do it, don't be afraid to do it. Your single most valuable tool is gonna be questions questions addressing people's needs and feelings so again we go back to the basics how do you respond to somebody who is not able to hear you or anyone else is by putting our emotional attention our empathy towards this person Hmm. so trying to discover what they're feeling and what they're needing because that's the easy way to get to the bottom of the problem
0: if you find yourself in a role of a mediator it is also very valuable if you start this mediation with some reassurance that you're not here to take sides and that we're also not here to convince somebody to do something they don't want. But, but we're only here to help these two parties or these two people to connect and to understand each other's needs so they can find some nice satisfaction, some, uh, some nice solution that is satisfactory to both of them and to not create a compromise. Yeah, and as you mentioned before, we go for needs and feelings, but as I found out in mediation, it's one of the most important things you have to do is also to do a lot of paraphrasing. So a lot of asking what the other party has heard you say, or what the other party has heard the other party say. So just to repeat what was actually said, because funny enough, people, a lot of times we don't hear what was said but we immediately translate it. And, yeah, if one problem comes as far as to a point that you have to mediate it, there's usually so much emotions caught up that people are really unable to hear what has been said. So paraphrasing really comes (laughs) to help here. Mm. Yeah,
1: Yeah, and just focus on the human connection. That's all Mm. we're trying to create, even though it doesn't feel like it, like in the middle of this uh, exchange. But... Rest assured that nonviolent communication is a process that will bring you there, there to the satisfaction of everybody's needs. Yeah. So yeah, just stay with the process. Don't don't give up. It's it's um, it's designed in a way that works. <laughs> 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 to keep it short, but uh, to keep it long, try and you'll see for yourself. Alright, for the end we have just a uh, quick tips on how to give praise to someone so how to mm. say thank you which again we've been taught to do it in a very violent way even though it doesn't look like this so what i mean by that is we say you're a genius that was brilliant or something in this manner or, this is so beautiful.
0: Yes, but again, even when you say to someone that they are a genius or you say that something is beautiful, and even though it is very nice to hear these words, you are actually implying that if there is beautiful, there is also ugly. And if you're a genius, you can also be a very dumb person. So with this language, we're only educating ourselves and each other that they can also be bad they can be good but they have to try to be good to get this praise and not to be called bad in a way
1: yeah on top of that, it's just super confusing yeah like if i do something i don't know a workshop for one hour and somebody says that was really good i'm like well yes thank you super beautiful for my ego but I cannot hear what was actually Mm. that made you so happy so was it the way that we did it or a specific thing that was said or the thing that we did or a practice that we did together an exercise what was it so here's a little form that uh, you can use just to be able to not only thank a person but also create a human connection while doing it
0: so yeah, we go back to the basics that we covered in the second part of this workshop. So you start with saying what the person did. So observations, this time, a beautiful things, a thing that was done that satisfied their need. After that, you explain how you felt, what were these beautiful emotions that were alive in you in that moment? And what need of yours was satisfied in that moment? And what does this do? It actually gives the person that we are saying thank you to the ability to realize what they have done that made us feel so amazing so they know exactly what is the one thing or the few things that makes us happy that makes us fulfilled in life
1: so to make sure that you hear what we're actually saying is you did something that made me feel good it's not you made you did something that is good or is bad Mm. well now is good and you're not saying this with an intention to make them do it again or to make them uh, keep doing it, you know? It's just, look, when you do this, you make me happy. So if you, if you will have a desire to make me happy in the future, maybe you will at least know what I like. Because usually we get, again, super confused when somebody says, oh, I really liked what you did yesterday, it was so beautiful. So for example, if Emma says this to me, like yes, well, we did many things, you know, but how, how on earth am I supposed to know which of the things that I did yesterday was beautiful? So, helps also to just clarify this relationship between us. But I'm keen for an example.
0: For example, I can say to you, oh, yesterday when you made me a tea in the morning, I felt really joyful and peaceful because it is important f- for me to be taken care of. So thank you for that.
1: Mm. Or if maybe your friend has a, a performance and at the end you come to them and you say what you did made me feel so good because I really appreciated the way that I felt emotions while you were doing it. Again, you're talking about yourself. You imply which need is satisfied. So in practice, it's a bit more fluent. doesn't have mm. to be so robotic. <laughs> yeah. But just this idea, don't talk about what is something, but what, what is alive in you. Exactly this. Coming back to the basics. What is it inside of me that's, that's happening?
0: Yeah. And a lot of times, thank you is enough. Thank you can say many things <laughs> with just two
1: words. Indeed, indeed.
0: And with this, we finish our episode today. Wishing thank.
1: you a lot of success.
0: Yeah. Thank you for being with us. I, ho- I hope at least something from this will stay with you and make your life more wonderful. That will make me really happy. <laughs>
1: Otherwise, enjoy your day. And play beautifully with this language. All the best to everyone. Bye-bye. Ciao, ciao.